Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Class 1A podcast, where today we are going to be talking about alignment swap characters. So, per usual, we didn't really talk about the philosophy of how we picked it. So Dylan said that he has one funny, one edgy character. I picked a character that I thought would do really good on the other side, and another one that makes sense for the backstory. So I have no idea how exactly we're going to be setting this up, if our thoughts and what we have prepared are going to line up at all, but... I think you almost all come to expect at this point that we just want to talk about some cool ideas for alignment swaps, no matter what the reasoning is, and really kind of dive into that. So Dylan will be starting off in a bit. Before we get into it, Dylan, how you doing? How you feeling about, I mean, the mangas too. I mean, we're getting close to Vigilantes and my hero. How are you feeling about the show in general right now? Honestly, okay, I feel like I say this all the time, but it is not a better time than ever to be a My Hero fan right now. Like, seriously, like, the Vigilantes is incredible. Um, the manga itself is really good. Um, also, if you're not reading Vigilantes and the main series together, like, change that, please, because, like, they're writing them basically side by side, uh, and the author of uh, Vigilantes, Furuhashi, is, like, working probably pretty closely with Horikoshi because they're dropping some, like, pretty big implications for the main story throughout the series. So, like, it's good. It's really good. You should be reading both. It's incredible. Yeah, they're both phenomenal, and Dylan does a great job each week of, or I guess whenever Vigilantes comes out, of recapping both those. So if you're trying to catch up and go out and check all of his recaps, he's been doing a great job on that too. But yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, if Season 6 was going on right now, it'd be a little bit better time to be doing it. But I think I'll still take... But uh, we're in the hype of it. It's coming eventually. We are in the hype. It's coming this fall, hopefully. So that's still very exciting no matter what. So, all right. Dylan, why don't you jump right into the first alignment swap character? Yeah. So this one is going to be a bit of a darker one. So imagine we're in a deep, dark alley, right? Uh, so there's just been a robbery. Hero's on the scene, though. He he has confronted the villain. He is about to attack the villain with his quirk when he realizes it doesn't work anymore. And, and the villain defeats him. Another villain, or another hero is about to take off after saving the day, jumps off of a skyscraper to find out that his flying quirk doesn't work anymore. He plummets several stories to the ground and dies. Who is doing this? How are heroes' quirks just turning off all of a sudden? It is because it's none other than the back alley assassin villain, Life Eraser. Life Eraser? Life Eraser. Oof. That is what I'm... No, you <laughs> couldn't think of anything better. Come on, man. You could have just stuck with the eraser head. No, well, you have to get the play on it a little bit. Um, All right, so this no, is clearly Aizawa for those that didn't get the horrible name Aizawa. choice. Um, so the concept behind him is that he takes his quirk and he is more of like a villain support of where he hides out in the shadows and turns off Hero's quirk to you know assist the villains. So basically a lot of what he does for the main heroes, except for this, it's more of like a being in the shadows, being in a very unknown presence. Um, I think this is, like, incredibly cool and incredibly scary, like, form of a villain Aizawa. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, you can kind of see how it could go. I mean, it's easy to see how it's used in one way or another. I don't think... Like, I think last episode we talked about, like, 13s, like, Black Hole, or even Mr. Capress's, like, taking down that, like, oh, like, you can kind of change up how you use it to be kind of one way or the other way. With Aizawa, he does the same thing no matter what side he's on, so it's a good thing he's on the hero side, but I mean, I definitely think it makes sense. Um, he does definitely kind of have that. I mean, he was a back alley vigilante, kind of feels right up his vibe, so kind of turning it over to the villain side 
Ask me about sense. his outfit. Ask me about his outfit. I don't want to. Ask me about his outfit. What does his outfit look like, Dylan? Exactly the same, except his bindings are black. So he's just so he's just wearing more black. Does he keep yes. the golden goggles? Um, I think I think the goggles stay. I think the goggles stay. Maybe give him a darker tint. Just a little bit of a darker tint, because he has to blend in with the shadows. Is the thing. And do and you like think the, anyone knows who he actually is, or ooh, like that's that's good? Because like, there, or is there, he like such a support character that he just stands in crowds when a fight's happening and doesn't there? Yeah, so uh, the thing that, like, is a dead giveaway for Aizawa is that his hair stands up. So if he really wanted to be, like, the ultimate villain, he would cut his long hair. He would cut his long hair so he can blend into a crowd, because think of how crazy scary that would be uh, if there's just a huge crowd, and he doesn't have his long hair because his hair stands up when he uses his quirk, but instead, he's, like, shaved, so it you can't yeah. notice it. You shave that, put a hat on it? it. Yeah, he just puts a hat on or whatever um the other tell is his eye color like his eye color will change uh to red but if you're wearing like sunglasses or something you kind of hide it a little bit i think he'd be scary uh i imagine him as like a this is like uh so the term doesn't is not a perfect one-to-one but like a vigilante villain yeah. of where he is not like in an organized unit but maybe he just like is just insane and he just like hates heroes like kind of like a stain kind of move of where he he's attacking villains or he's attacking heroes and assisting villains, but he's not really on their side. He's more on the side of just seeing villains crumble for whatever reason. I like it. Yeah, I, I, it's I, I'm sure that there's a lot of uh, head cannons out there, a lot of OCs written about it. Um, no doubt in my mind, all the things that we are talking about, I'm sure that there is some fanfic out there that's already explored. Oh, for sure. Idea. I mean. There's just so much fanfic out yeah, there. Which, which is why we're not picking Evil Deku, because that has been done into the ground. Hey, you don't know I haven't picked Evil Deku. I got two picks Oh, no. <laughs> the I fanfics mean, are coming out. Like, you can't be worse than Life Eraser, so I, okay, listen, I don't know why you say listen, it. Listen, oh, listen, no. listen. The name might not be good, okay? It's, it's, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress, the name. But the other stuff is sick. I agree. Very cool. So, <laughs> All right, this, this next one actually lines up first, but... Just imagine your entire life growing up is that everyone told you that your quirk would be so good as a villain. And you know what? You'd never really believe him at first, but then you tried it out once. You got away, got stole some stuff from a store once. Perfect. And it kind of kept growing and growing and growing to, you know what? Fuck school. I can make more money just using my quirk. And so he did. And that is how Shinzo went down the dark path. Aizawa's apprentice was his Funny that you went with Aizawa and now I went with Shinzo, but I mean, think of it the same way of how Bakugo was told his entire life that he was the best. So that's the way he is now. So Shinzo instead was told his entire life that you could be a great villain. So he became a great villain. It's kind of how it is. I think it kind of goes against what his current character arc is, but I mean, I see it almost the exact same pick of how Aizawa was. He is a support villain that stands in crowd, stands off the back. And just kind of helps probably a sidekick or at least one other person that kind of draws more attention to themselves and just does his thing. I mean, I think it makes sense. His character design doesn't really need to change much because he looks like a villain even. I mean, I just think it's someone that could have easily gone down, down the other path without anything changing in his life. He could have just decided, yep, I one day I'm going to be a villain and go with it. So I just love it because he is going against being a hero, but... I don't know. I think it would have been a very cool villain to go against. 
yeah i mean like that is the very obvious thing of like he was set up to be a villain and so he became a villain um yeah i i, I think i think everyone who has seen shinzo has thought for like at least a couple minutes like what what would he be like as a villain like if he actually became one and obviously his, his quirk just lines up with it so well i i think it's a it's a pretty easy easy swap over um what about his outfit any differences I mean, have we even really, like, he doesn't really have a hero costume yet, which is the problem with it. I was trying to think of that, too. Like, mm. oh, like what kind of designs? Like, I don't think he has an official name or a really an outfit as of the anime. I think there might be a little bit more in the manga, but I don't think he really has much more. So, again, I really think he doesn't have a gift. Obviously, people would see him talking and hear him talking, but... I really think he's very much like how I was kind of saying as is that he tries not to draw attention to himself. He doesn't want to have a costume. He wants to be just able, like blend in. Yeah. Normal clothes. So when he needs to kind of split off and get closer to the fight so that only the villain, the hero could hear him. Perfect. Well, no one really knows him. He can just easily walk back into a crowd, get away and never be known the wiser. I really, I don't know why more villains don't do that. I don't know why every villain has to make everyone in the world know who he is. Like, come on guys. Like, Going one on one here, and, and like the thing that always like uh, sh- stuck out to me is like um, like the the classic scenario, right, of a helpless citizen running up to a hero and be like, "Hey, can you help me out?" And the hero be like, "Yes, of course. Have no fear. I am here." And like that kind of thing. You do that to Shinzo, and then he got you. Like oh, if yeah. he can if he can act like the victim to initiate the attack on the hero, like that's oh, also God. like a pretty offensive thing. You do that alongside Spain or something like that. That's almost an like because no one would know. Yeah. That's the thing that, like, if it is actually someone that's going actually killing the heroes, no one would ever know the strategy as long as you keep doing one on one, because they're done. Jesus, that could be that could be intimidating, insanely yeah. deadly. Yeah. So I know it's a pretty easy one to kind of switch over, but I don't know. I just think it's a character that's designed so well, going towards the hero side of going against his backstory. That again, there's fanfic out there that I I should actually go check out, see what they kind of do with them. But um, that it would just be cool to see him on the other side. So nothing too simple. The next one's nice. a little bit better, though. I just wanted I like to it. go with him first since it was Aizawa's apprentice. All right. So here is so imagine this scenario now, right? God. All the big all the big villain uh, organizations out there. They start collapsing in on themselves. Some are turned over to the heroes who have found out where all their secret locations are somehow. Others have turned in on themselves into rebellion. Some are just so paranoid that they have gone underground. What is happening here? How is all this information getting out? How are the heroes always getting one step ahead of us? And it is because of the copy hero, Red Drop. Better. It's better. It's it better. Is Come better. on. It's it better. is better. Uh, yeah, it was better. Uh, and so concept here, um, it is Toga, uh, who is actually the hero here. Um, <clears throat> her concept of being a hero is that she is the ultimate villain spy of now that whenever you are able to capture any villain out there, take a little bit of their blood and you give it to Toga and boom, she now has instant access to, to, to like villain organizations, able to go underground, able to be the ultimate spy here. Because she's able to replicate what they look like and what they sound like to a T. I think especially like in villain organizations of where sometimes things are chaotic. Things are a little bit all over the place, a little unorganized. Perfect way to slip in and just gain information. 
Yeah, at first I was like, yeah, but really like a hero that just takes blood from everyone, but doesn't uh, Vlad kind of run off of blood or he just controls blood? Yeah, he, he, he just controls blood. But like the, the big thing with Toka um, would be taking the blood of like the villains that you arrest or whatever. Yeah. Um, is it a little invasive uh, leading to like a police state that might be a little scary? Like, yeah, of course. But this is my hero. We already have a scary police state <laughs> full of cats. OK, uh, so she just takes a little bit of blood out of most of the villain or most of the yeah, most of the villains that have been arrested. She now has this huge arsenal at her disposal of, of like a spy network infinitely valuable to um what what are they called the the hero the hero organization like the 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 big the hero one. safety association or whatever hero safety commission. commission yeah so imagine the hero safety commission now has at their disposal like this huge like amount of like blood vials with all like these villains like even like like i think the 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 most important ones are like the random side villains the street villains right you take any one of those and then boom you're able to just blend right in and yeah. like i think i think having the uh the quick turnaround is also super important of like you see the villain you take the blood and then you immediately go in before they even know they've been arrested i mean it could be that or you could almost use her more like a monoma as well of where she keeps all these cases of blood and then depending on the situation and what her squad needs if she's working with the team well, okay great i'm gonna go take Gigamachia's blood. Like, I don't know the limitations of that, but we've seen that yeah. she can now use others' quirks. Okay, so, like, so oh, there, great. So I'm going to use limits. this. Yeah, so there is limits behind it that we we find out a little bit. I, actually, I don't... I think it was unexplicit in the anime, but they get explicit with it a little bit later on. Um, but it is not a uh, a free ticket to all quirks. Got it. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, right. It, it's like, that'd be some connect, like a personal. Yeah. So we're taking the base baseline, Got Toga, it. like a giga baseline. It's still, even at that ultimate baseline, still incredibly, Good. incredibly useful. Also, she would probably have a lot more uh, personal connections uh, if she was a good guy instead of a bad guy. All right. Hear me out. I guess I was about to say, who do you think would be more used, like in a stealth situation, her or um, Hagakure? Invisible versus shapeshifting. Ooh. So see, that's the difficult part because, like, I think both have their merits. If you're like in an easy to access location, uh, Hagikiri is always the call, right? As long as you you can just be invisible and existent in an area, best call ever. But if there is like layers yeah. to getting into a location, if like Shihasaki, uh, you'd want to send yeah, in Togo. Yeah, so you, for a bank yeah, you robbery, you'd want to send in Hagikiri. Exactly, exactly. I I agree with that. I think that's I think that's good. All right, yeah. I like it. And then, yeah, again. I think we're both big Toga fans here too. So it's the idea of her kind of going to the other side. I think it'd be really good. I think you could mm -hmm. do, I think you'd base hey. a majority of a story off of her. Yeah. And I just really like the, the concept of like quirks that seem bad and they're villains because they, they have like bad, you know, villain quirks, yeah. but being able to turn them on their head a little bit. Uh, and I, and I think, um, I think Horikoshi does this super well or just naturally in his writing, right. Of where he just like makes characters like Shinzo, who very explicitly have villain quirks, but it's like, oh yeah, no, he's a good guy. I like seeing that, like uh, that twist a lot. And who knows with Toga? The story isn't over yet. I mean, we've we've seen her have kind of some questioning here and there. So maybe by the end, we still might see her working with us. Yeah. I guess there's only one way to find out. But I guess we'll go on to my second and final before any honorable mentions or anything that you might have is imagine a support hero that is even more efficient. Than 13th 
one that could rival even the best out there because all they have to do is simply touch. Rather, it's buildings, people, anything, and great. The day is saved instantly. And this is actually here I'm talking about for the second, well, a character I'm talking about for the second episode in a row, and that's going to be Mr. Compress. I know, Dylan, I think you actually might have had something on your list, so I'll make your joke eventually as well. But the idea we were talking about last time is that, oh, yeah, Mr. Compress could just pick up entire buildings and drop them on people or take out parts of them and all that kind of stuff. But all his quirk says is he has to touch something and then he could turn it into an orb. So all he has to do is be able to see like a finger of someone under rubble. Great. You're now saved. You don't even have to set up field hospitals with Mr. Compress working out. I guess we don't know exactly how it goes. But in really extreme situations, Mr. Compress can either, one, remove obstacles with ease. I mean, I'm sure 13 still has to be careful not to black hole who she's trying to save. There's not really that fear here of Mr. Compress. Maybe some building collapsing here and there. You have to be careful. But again, if he just starts collapsing a building, he touches a building and it goes away. I mean, we don't understand the full limitations of it. But the fact of how easily he can just remove obstacles or save people makes him arguably one of the best support heroes. It makes no sense. He's from an, the ancient line of a thief or whatever that we don't know anything about, but apparently that was a big reveal. But I, it makes no sense with his backstory, but just thinking about how useful that could be in support, not as much as a combat, it definitely thinking more of the kind of the support of the three trio. So I love it. And I love Mr. Compress as a character, and I just think it lines up perfectly with what his quirk could do. Yeah, I think uh, I think Mr. Compress gets the uh, the rough end of the stick a lot of times uh, from the fandom. Just like probably the the least liked villain out of all of them. Um, I but, don't know, Spinner. Uh, not Spinner's pretty useless. No, but Spinner's cool. People like Spinner because Spinner's cool. People don't like Mr. Compress because he's a because he's a magician. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, but I, I love the concept though. Actually, like uh, being able to just like quickly take a bunch of rubble off the top of people is like really cool actually i really like that concept and again he only has to do that if he can't see him if he can just yeah. see a hand he touches a hand and now they're gone like they're just in his like now they're in his orb like that's only in really rough situations and ideally you see all the time in movies someone just has one arm sticking out well perfect mr compressed combines high fives home and you're saved now congratulations yeah and, and just like transporting people out of like a, a like a evacuation situation right you have like a car or a bus and that's your only way out, and you have way too many people, well, just compress them all, and then yeah. everyone gets in. So, it's, I mean... It's, I love it. The limit, again, we have no idea what the limitations are, but I think as you grow powers, you can take in more people and all that kind of stuff. I really do think that the limitations are endless. And again, he's still competent in combat. We've kind of seen that sometimes... Somehow he can kind of float a little bit in like the forest arc. We saw him being able to float above yeah. the three tops. I don't it's know an if that was just, Yeah, magical shit, but... um. Yeah, so he's clearly competent in combat. He can save anyone. I, I just think the more I talk to Mr. Compress, I'm a big Mr. Compress fan. So when you said no and liked him, I was a little bit of an insult. I really kind of like him. But um, I just thought it was a really good lineup that, again, that might be the one I challenge you on. I don't think there's going to be much fanfic about that. No. Um, no, there probably isn't <laughs> very much. Um, I, except when we actually see what he looks like. Then everyone made a bunch of fanfic about that is, him. That is true. <laughs> but when I when I mentioned that I might talk about it, you you seemed upset about it. Why why were you upset, Dylan? Um, that is because I have a concept for Mr. Compress. Uh, my concept was that uh, as a as as someone who wasn't a villain, uh, he was never uh, he was he never got the notoriety he needed to be a hero. He tried to bring his his magical 
uh, magician shtick uh, to the hero world, and everyone laughed at him and thought he was a loser. And so instead, he went into the private sector, uh, and he started Mr. Compress's Moving Service, where he goes to people's homes, and he compresses all their furniture, he puts it in his bag, and he walks to their new place and uncompresses it, boom. So you're your one-stop shop for, for every everything moving to a new place. But Mr. Compress's Moving Service. I think Life Eraser was better than that idea. Okay, come on. That okay. <laughs> this was my best idea. <laughs> yeah, I'll do well. I was just trying to give you shit. Why is that not a bad idea? It put a lot of moving services out of business because they have to be yeah. quick. I feel like it'd be a little messy. Like, I don't know how much control he has to where he puts things back down, but I guess whatever, that's your job. He just put it all in the house and you can move it however you want. Yeah. And I mean, I do where he makes more money is I guess. I don't know how much your thing is in Japan, but at least in the U.S., people want to move whole-ass houses. Yeah. Who needs those trucks? You can just pick up the whole house. Leave things exactly as it is, pick the new location and put the it down. The whole house, yes. Just, just the whole house. I love it. I agree. I actually think I think, I think we have a big money out here to, uh, right here, so we should really approach we'll, Mr. We'll, we'll make sure to this. do our own fanfic. Uh, 120 pages of this moving logistics and the, the pricing, <laughs> how much money we'll make. Uh, how he starts up his business, how he starts up the 401ks for his employees, everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there any other honorable mentions or anyone else you kind of wanted to? I was, I mean, obviously I picked Shinzo, so I didn't have a lot of ideas here. But. Yeah, I think, I, so I, I think the easy bait here, right, is that you take anyone with a semi semi powerful quirk and you just go they're a villain now look how destructive they are uh so it's really i think it's an interesting challenge at least like especially like if you want to do this at home just think about like some some heroes or some villains and how you would swap them but not in a okay well uh now uh now this person is is evil fire guy instead of a good fire guy like th yeah. think about how you can spin the quirk in an interesting way because like um Ur uraka right like her is a villain is actually incredibly scary because of like her gravity quirk right she's able to just like pick up like a big hammer or something and just smash people with it you brought uh, that up that, and it's so sad that she hasn't figured that out yet yeah that she could so, just bring her gut swords everywhere and just use it if she wanted yeah so just having like a like very easy picks like that um is is super easy to go with like you know shoto obviously like okay well he's he just does his fire and ice stuff but like against heroes so try to think of something that's like an interesting take on their quirk rather than what would they be like as a villain i always i always thought was was interesting or like for me i even looked at a couple like backstory turning points like shinzo kind of did it i mean todoroki could have had his backstory to go against endeavor because of everything his dad did i mean it could be in anasa who after being scorned by the number two hero decided to make it his goal to destroy endeavor a lot of people want to kill endeavor the more I talk yeah. about it. Um, <laughs> but like, there's that's also kind of how I looked at it with the Shinzo, at least, even though it wasn't the greatest pick that like, oh, yeah, it, at some point in his backstory, you could have had turning points. So that's kind of how I looked at it as well, too. But you can, yeah, power, you can kind of swap a new one. So we'd love to hear some of your ideas uh, down in the comments or in thoughts below, even what our thoughts are. I mean, write Dylan's names one to three, I guess, between all of them. See which ones you like the best. They all maybe get I, ones. Maybe I'm in the minority of uh, Life Eraser, <laughs> but I feel like I might not be. But I think that is about everything we got today. I didn't really have too many honorable mentions. So, Dylan, Dylan, do you know what we're talking about next week? Um, we're talking about video games next week. Uh, we're talking about My Hero video games. 
basically, it is us going into the theater of the mind once again to talk about what we would like to see in a My Hero Academia video game. So pretty much designing your own little ideas. Mm-hmm. And after this week, I expect you to have a name for yours. That can't no. just be very generic. Like, I don't want just My Hero Academia Plus or whatever like that mobile game is. I want a real video game name here. I'll give you the titles. I'll give you some good, good titles. So that'll be next week. So if you have your own ideas to share as well, maybe we can kind of mention some of those in the episode next week. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, leave in the YouTube comments. Maybe we include some ideas in next week's video as well. But that'll be all we have for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening to us talk about some alignment swaps. Always fun to kind of go into these more random episodes. And next episode will be just as great. But have a great week and see you all then.